This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. When you have time, please subscribe to the Kelly and Company podcast. You can listen to the show in its complete form from there, or you, along the podcast feed, you can listen to segments. So maybe you hear one you really like and say, oh gosh, I caught that partway through. Go back, check it out through the podcast. Or you've got that favorite contributor that you want to always follow along with and listen to their segment. Do that via the Kelly and Company podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. I'm Kelly McDonald, host of the program, co-hosting with me today, Brock Richardson. It's time to step back in time, and we're going to explore 70 years of children's television in the Canadian Museum's History new, newest exhibit, From Papino to Paw Patrol, Television of Our Childhood Being Featured. We're going to talk about this with Olivier Cotier, who is the exhibitor, ex- exhibition excuse me, creator. Olivier, welcome to the program. Nice to have you alongside. Yeah, I'm happy to be with you today. Awesome. Well, we always love chatting television, but can we start by chatting a little bit about where the idea came to create an exhibit such as this one? I'm a, you know, I'm a TV scholar. I'm interested in television and in all its glory, and I just wanted to um, find a topic that could be uh, uniting for Canadians, you know, because as you may know, uh, you know, people watch TV still, but in many different forms and, and in some uh, genre are more popular than others. And I thought that children programming would be uh, a very good topic uh, for Canadian coast to coast to coast. And it covers also 70 years of history. I always think it's interesting too, Olivia, because out of all things that most of us recall is TV, of course, we talk with each other at work or at school about it, but what place where we got started seems to stick with us the most, but children's television, because it meant so much to us, and so many of many of us, mom and dad said, here, sit down and, wa- and watch Pepino, or whatever it might have been. You've got o- over 100 uh, different TV shows that are featured in the exhibit. What went into creating all of this? How'd you get this together? It was kind of difficult because, you know, as you may know, like 70 years of history uh, uh, is kind of, uh, you know, a big period. And mm-hmm. we wanted to, to uh, you know, uh, to take produce programs that were broadcasted and, and produced in Canada. So I, I, I created like a, a list of over 2,000 programs. And out of these, I, I've decided to include 100 of them. And mainly because of their, you know, their, the fact that they were broadcasted for sometimes 30 years uh, because they were very successful programs uh, creatively and, and, and also it, uh, some of them had good ratings. And, and I would say, you know, out of the... Um, so what I wanted to uh, create was uh, an exhibit where people could... Uh, could say, wow, this is the way I experienced my ch- childhood through TV. So we were, we did include broadcaster, broadcasters like CBC, Radio Canada, uh, you know, TV Ontario, and as such. And but also we we included like the likes of Netflix, of CTV, 
of TVA on the French side. So the idea was to recreate the experience of TV through throughout these years. Mm, sounds amazing. It, it, some of it must have been, especially the older ones, and we talk Canadian TV, so some of us may say, uh, you know, were many of them, were enough of the series intact for you? Now, the ones running 30 years, of course, but some of the others that may have been impactful or relevant uh, may not have run as long. Did you have trouble finding any of the shows that you had on your list that you said, this has got to be included? Did you have problem either finding it or getting permission to utilize it? I, I have to say that we had a really good partnership with CBC Radio Canada, and their archives are really, really extensive, you know, in terms of programming. But the, as soon as you go outside of CBC Radio Canada, you have to contact producers, and and sometimes, uh, you know, uh, some of the programs are were sold, um, you know, to, uh, uh, for example, uh, American. Uh, production companies and, and sometimes it's kind of difficult to uh, get a copy of them you know because it's either uh, they were produced before DVD was popular or, mm-hmm. or VHS even and sometimes also it's just a question of getting a good copy of them uh, and and being able to use these in in a very extensive way and 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 so as such we yes i did have trouble finding i would say stuff that was produced and broadcasted outside of right. the main public you know broadcasters yeah because there was a lot there's a lot of shows people don't even realize were produced up here voiced up here and 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 the animation was created here mm-hmm, for sure for sure and and the fact is, like, for example, the contemporary example of Paw Patrol, you know, it's produced by Spin Master, which is located in Toronto, and it's a global success. And, and other programs, you know, are Canadians like Theodore, Talk Boat, or, you know, Franklin, or these are kind of successful shows that were, you know, some people might not expect it's Canadian. And, and, and uh, you know, we did... Um, we wanted to be inclusive, the uh, inclusive of francophone, anglophone, and even indigenous programming mm-hmm. uh, that people are might not know of. But starting in the 1990s, you know, uh, some really uh, good and uh, interesting uh, indigenous uh, children program started to be produced, and we wanted to also uh, talk about that as well. Yeah, I think for me, I get fascinated when I hear you say that you had a list of uh, 2,000 and then narrowed that down to 100, which (laughs) seems to me like to be next to impossible. Was there a show that you said, looking at that 2,000, that you said, this one has to be here, full stop, end of story, and if so, which one or ones were they? So you you mean the most uh, the one I wanted to include the most or is yeah, the yeah, one that yeah. works with the one I you know for sure Mr. Dressa for example is a mm-hmm. for me it was a no brainer for sure uh, you know uh, Friendly Giant as well you know it's almost thirty year of broadcasting uh, we've got uh, Polka the Door and Polka the Shorts so for me that's kind of the I would say the top three. Uh, preschool programs, you know, and uh, I wanted also to include 
some of the uh, programs produced for you know older children or preteen or teens, including uh, Degrassi, for example, and dif- the different iteration of Anne of Green Gables. Uh, mm. I thought that they were part of you know of wow. most Canadian childhood, and and so these these were like the most. I would say the program my life I, I really wanted to include. I've got others like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Once Upon a River, Ami the Hamster. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I've got also, I wanted to include um, uh, some indigenous programming like Wapos Bay, which is was produced by NFB and some indigenous producers. Uh, and also there, there are many francophone programs that people might not know of. Because the idea of the exhibit was really to be inclusive of every generation and also inclusive of, as I said before, francophone, anglophone, and and indigenous uh, programming. And uh, and you know, uh, we we did include, for example, Reboot, which was successful in the 1990s, like the first 3D computer-generated um, children program. Uh, we did include as well Two Day Special, which is a great su- was a great uh, success in the 1980s. The Literacy Obo, uh, you know, things that you know uh, were iconically Canadian and and that and also that lasted many generations. Like Literacy Obo, for example, was first version was produced in the 1960s, and then a new one was produced in late 1970s, uh, beginning of 1980s. And also another a cartoon that was successful was, you know, um, the raccoons. Uh, so uh, they are all included included in some forms in our exhibits. Wow, that's incredible! What kind of feedback since this has been on display since early September? What what so far have you got in feedback? I mean, people are are really really enjoyed the exhibit really because for for them it's it, for most people it's it's a way to dis- rediscover their childhood mm-hmm. uh people have these you know childhood moments where they just stop and have a look at their you know characters like pokeroo or no, you know yes. uh, or truffles from the the last version of Mr. Dress Up or you know they they have these moments where they just stop by and they're like amazed to and it's like if they're back in their childhood so this is very, a very nostalgic uh exhibit a family exhibit as well i would say because uh really what we wanted to achieve was that it would be uh interesting for both children parents and grandparents because we've included so many programs from the last 70 years. And so we wanted to create a family experience, a nostalgic experience, but also, uh, you know, people are uh, surprised to discover the, sometimes the complexity behind these uh, children programs. You know, we, we wanted to include, for example, the, the, the way you know, uh, racialized minorities, indigenous people are represented. Mm-hmm. And also we, we have a mini documentary about, uh, for example, people with disabilities were represented as well. So uh, in the children programs. Awesome. What do you want? So the idea to take was a- really to give her another layer, another, um, I would say, 
oh, you know, yes, you, you can have this no, nostalgic gaze somehow, but you also, you're able to get more information, additional uh, perspective analysis about these programs. Yeah, I love it. Where can we go to learn more about this, this exhibit? So, you know, it's a... As you said, it's at the Canadian Museum of History, located in the Ottawa Gatineau region. And so we have a website, so it's just simple. You just you can have a look on our our website. You've got you know all the information you need, and including pictures and uh, even like the opening uh, the the video of the opening ceremony of the exhibit. And so really, uh, it's it's just to. And I would say you have to say it's exclusive to our museum, so it, it's going to last for a year. So it started just uh, early September and will last until early September of 2023. So it's always a good idea to come um, to our museum and, and experience it on your own or with your family, you know, because it's, it's different experiences uh, going there on your own and, or with other people. Right. 100% and you've made me want to go and check it out and do it and see it because when you said Mr. Dress Up that was the show that came to my mind of I wonder if they have that one because that goes back generations uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this we greatly appreciate it thank you for having me have a nice day That wa- you as well that was Olivier Cotier the creator of the new exhibit which uh, features some of our childhood shows going back 70 years plus. Kelly, I loved the conversation. It just made me think of all the shows that I watch uh, as a kid. I really wonder which ones or what surprised people the most going to check it out, especially the ones they may not have been so sure were. Really? This is Canadian? Wow. Joining us on the uh, roundtable this week is friend of the show, Mark Phoenix, as he returns, a familiar voice. We'll bring him on board next on Kelly and Company. I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.